You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Everybody, welcome to Impact Theory. You were here, my friends, because you believe that human potential is nearly limitless, but you know that having potential is not the same as actually doing something with it. So our goal with this show and company is to introduce you to the people and ideas that are going to help you actually execute on your dreams. All right. Today's guest is a force of nature. She is a venture-backed founder, CEO, and inventor. She created her first game-changing product at age 19, and she founded Uncharted Play, a renewable energy company at 22, while still attending Harvard. And instead of dropping out like other high-profile entrepreneurs, she just did both because, well, when you box for fun and consider yourself a cross between Bill Nye and Beyonce, that's just how you roll. But I'm not sure that even the superhuman that would be the Beyonce-Bill Nye hybrid could keep up with today's guest. Despite having no formal training in the hard sciences, not only did she invent a product that turns a soccer ball into a power plant, but her company now holds 15 patents and patents pending. She also managed to raise $7 million to supercharge her company's growth, the largest raise ever by a woman of color. And she's partnered with Fortune 500 companies to completely rethink how energy is generated and distributed. Not surprisingly, Inc. Magazine named Uncharted Play one of the 25 most audacious companies in the world. Fast Company named them one of the 10 most innovative companies in the world. And she personally was named to Fortune's most promising women entrepreneurs list, Forbes 30 Under 30. And when Obama needed somebody to represent small businesses when he signed the historic America Invents Act, He chose her. Please help me in welcoming the female innovator who has been called the Elon Musk of kinetic energy, the woman Oprah named to the Super Soul 100, the real life Riri Williams, Jessica O. Matthews. (laughs) Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. What a pleasure to have you. Real life Riri Williams. Yes, which is why I'm wearing this shirt. That's so dope. So I completely uh, really enjoyed doing the research on you and when I saw in one of the articles that I was reading that you dressed up as Riri for uh, Halloween I said all right yeah yeah (laughs) I respect that so I'm huge into comic books and really believe that they actually have tremendous power as archetypes as mythology so me too like anime and manga and like I remember the first time I I read Akira um I just believe in the ability to use play to think about the world. So mm. that, to me, is exactly what comic books do. All right. Well, I didn't expect to start here, but since you said yeah, that, let's yeah. dive right into the Tooth <laughs> yeah. Fairy. Yes. So tell and, us why uh-huh. the Tooth Fairy is meaningful to you. No. So I believed in the, the Tooth Fairy until I was 12 years old. Mm. And Okay, it is generally embarrassing, but I like to tell people that um, because I didn't necessarily grow up in a house where we allowed certain stories like this to kind of just spread and progress and become bigger than life. Um, You know, my mom was the mom that would be wrapping up the Christmas presents the night before Christmas, being like, oh yeah, like, you know, hold this, do this, do that. Like, you didn't believe, there was no, the Santa Claus was not coming to my house. I knew exactly what my mom paid for it. I knew what was going on. I knew the hard work that went into it. Um, But for some odd reason, you know, given, I rather despite the fact that I had parents who were very, I think, direct about the realities of life, the realities of the world, um, and like the hard work it takes to get anything, they they decided to kind of move forward with the fib of the tooth fairy. And so for me, you know, because I didn't really make sense, I just assumed, well, the tooth fairy must be real. Right. Like it, it must be because my parents would not give me money for my teeth. I just don't <laughs> think they see the value in my teeth. Um, you know, I have Nigerian parents. Right. Like this just doesn't make sense. Um, and what I love for that. And I'm really like, well, I, I have several reasons for why I love my parents and everything that they did but, uh, and continue to do. But I think what really made that something that was special for me is that they allowed me to be a person who believed in magic. You know, a person who believed in hard work, a person who believed in science, a person who believed in um, how you can create real tangible solutions towards something that you want, but that there can also be a bit of 
of an intangible, unquantifiable sense to what you're trying to do and that there's a way to make room for that without losing your stability and your certainness on what really matters in the world. And so when I finally did realize like that my mom was the one basically putting these dollar bills under my under my pillow, it happened, you know, at the age of 12, at an age where I had already started to really dabble in science, dabble in uh, thinking about how to build robots or, you know, entering different science fairs. And so my frame of the world, the, my way of thinking had already begun to really form. And mm. so it, I think it just um, ended up making me the person who I am today. I love that. So as a company, we're making um, a big bet that millennials are doing business in a way that nobody has done before. And I think that story really illustrates what I think is happening, the, the shift. So 15 years ago when I first got into business and you'd go into a board meeting or you'd present to a VC, it was so buttoned up and so businesslike and everybody would have you know, moved their company to um, Silicon Valley to be a part of that. Um, and, and, and I get that, right? That actually makes a lot of sense, but they were very happy to sort of subvert themselves and who they are naturally to fit in, to make the world make sense, to maybe overemphasize yeah. the science aspect. And what I find fascinating is instead of doing that, you move to Harlem yeah. um, and, you know, <laughs> Looking at what your parents did with the teeth and seeing wonderment, I think what you said was, I found wonder in the unknown. Yeah. And talk about that. I think that's really interesting. Um, so there's several things there, right? Like, so one, there's a concept of getting to know oneself and owning that um, and then going down a path that fits who you are versus kind of fights against who you are. Mm. Um, but starting first with the last thing that you brought up, you know, wonder in the unknown. Yeah, I mean, there's there's just so much excitement in figuring out how things work for me. I don't know, like whether it's people or the things around me. Like what stresses me out is not um, hard work. It's not knowing what work is going to be involved, you know? So as soon as I have a process in place or I have a framework of how something should be so I can build out steps to how I want to address it, right. it's not stressful. So like, you know, think about, I've been doing this now for almost 10 years. It's never been really, really like kind of intense or like or difficult for me. So it's always been hard, but you know, uh, a lot of work. But um, because I've, I understand what I'm doing. I know what I'm doing it for. I know what I'm fighting for. I understand the steps in, ter in terms of what's involved to make sure that I never lose sight of what I'm fighting for. So everything else is just kind of going through the motions, the motions that I, I know to be valuable. Um, and that ties back into what you're saying before in terms of choosing, choosing to go to Harlem, you know, choosing to be as authentic as possible in the way we build this company um, and seeing that not as something that we were just doing because it was a nice idea, but because we really believe that it is our competitive advantage. It is the thing that's going to really catapult our company to being the first billion dollar tech company in Harlem and one of the most meaningful tech companies in the world if, you know, if we keep doing what we have to do. Um, and it, it all goes back to this idea of realizing, you know, okay, so I am a black girl, you know, with immigrant parents who grew up in Poughkeepsie, New York, you know, um, decent schooling, but nothing spectacular, uh, was lucky enough to get into a great college, mostly just because my older sister was one of the first people from my high school to get in there, and she set the path. She's actually right over there. Um, and she set the <laughs> path. Up, yeah, she set the path where I was just like, oh, and like, you know, when you're only two years younger than your sister, you're like, oh, okay, if you can do it, I can do it. It made it real, you know? It didn't make it too scary. Um, but I'm not, you know, the classic Silicon Valley CEO. Um, you know, I think that for me, I used to believe that that meant that I could never really achieve what they achieved, that there were certain parts of the world, certain um, levels of success, certain um, levels of business that were just going to be too big for me. It's like, how can I dare say I'm going to run an energy company? Mm. Like that I'm going to build wealth for a community. Like right. who, who the hell am I? Um, how did you get over that? Because I think most people yeah. have that, but they stop there. The first thing that I did was not think too far ahead. So the idea was, instead of imagining from day one, oh, I want to build an energy company, it was more imagining or really envisioning, well, why am I getting up in the morning? 
Why am I, you know, what's the point of my day? Um, and so for me, I'm really, really excited by self-actualization. I'm really excited by the idea of figuring out ways to one, kind of recruit people to be part of the the solution to the world's problems because I I truly believe that there's, given how complex our problems are, there is no one person or company that's going to solve all of them. The only chance in hell that we have is as many people as possible are engaged and feel empowered to be part of that solution. Um, And so I think it's like, how can I then create systems and products that... I almost want to call them domino innovations. Like they basically beget other innovations. They inspire the right people to start to solve the things that I can never imagine solving. Um, and in doing that, they've made that one life that they're living, that one life that they have, feel like it was worth it, you know, on whatever day happens to be their last day. Um, and so that really excites me, especially also, I think I would add to recently wanting very much to make sure that little girls who look like me believe that they can do anything um, and believe that they can do more than just media and entertainment in particular and believe in the value of their perspective. And so that's what gets me up in the morning. And then everything else, the details, it's like it kind of, I can push through that day. And what I found is that instead of trying to live a successful life, if you aim to have a successful day, you know, just, you know, 12, if you have 13 out of the 24 hours of your day, if you won those hours, um, you won the day. And if you win most of the days in a week, you won the week. You know, we're, we just need a simple majority here, right? <laughs> and if you, and if you, if you win, you know, most of the weeks in a month, there you go. Most of the months in a year, most of the years in stops. a life. And, and all of a sudden, look at that. Without even trying, you've been able to kind of get somewhere. And so, the, the biggest roadblocks for me were kind of in those big momentous moments then. So like getting ready to raise the round, for example, was one of those big moments where I realized that without knowing it, I had been building a life up to this big leap. But, but it, it wasn't about starting there thinking about the leaps, thinking about the big momentous things that would have to happen. It's like you just go hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. And then all of a sudden, five years into working on something, I have the opportunity to raise the largest round any black woman's ever raised in history. And I'm afraid. I'm afraid. Despite everything I've gone through to get there, I'm afraid. And it's because I still am just like, yo, I know me and Mark Zuckerberg went to the same college, but that's about it. I was on the step team. I know he wasn't. You know what I mean? Like, like yeah, I mean, I, I mean, from what I understand, he wasn't. I don't, you know, but like we, we, have, different, we have a different life. And... I know that ultimately these investors are looking to invest in people that they understand, right? I think actually a lot of people, I don't think I'm special in that. I think people like to understand things. Um, and in the worst of times in my business, if they don't understand me, they're not, they're not going to understand my decisions. They're not going to have faith in how I'm going to get us through this. Right. And it was actually this person who's currently one of my advisors, works for one of the top VCs uh, out here on the West Coast, and he said, without missing a beat, Jessica, Mark Zuckerberg could have never invented the socket. Uh, you know, it is your life. It is your unique perspective. It is who you are that has brought you here. So anyone who invests in you is going to want you to be who you are. They're going to have to trust that being who you are, even if it's different from who they are, um, that that's going to be the thing that's going to take this to the next level, no matter what. Um, and I think for me, that was, that was the critical piece of advice, right? Like we all need someone to say the thing that's been so obvious, but we've just been too head down to, to realize, um, you know, we all have our struggle, regardless of who we are, whether you're male or female, black, orange, green, who cares? We all have our struggle, um, and we all have our privilege. You know, I consider it a privilege to be born of Nigerian parents, like, Forget tiger moms, lion moms. I still should be getting my law degree right now, according to my mom. Right, right? You know yeah, what I mean? Of course, because you haven't um, done nearly. Yeah, enough. exactly. Yeah. But that's the push, right? That to me is privilege to have parents who believe in you, <laughs> irrationally so. Um, you know, uh, you know. I feel, I feel privileged to have gone to the the schools I've gone to, right? But in the end, you know, it's about recognizing the value in our own struggle, uh, being appreciative 
and aware of our privilege um, so that we can have empathy for others and their experience. It can, we can bridge the gap for them. Um, and then being able to take all of that and own it. Say, this is who... Can we curse? Can I curse? No. Go for it. Let's get crazy. I'll try not to, though. Trust I, me. I'm I not going to try not yeah. to, so jump um, in the water's warm. But yeah, no. I mean, like, this is who the fuck I am. There you go. This is who I am. Hello who, to who you are and to who you are. That's great, but this is who the fuck I am. Right. Take it or leave it. Like, I know that no matter what happens, if I stay who I am, like, I will, I will feel good about it at the end of the day you know that's all the only thing that's going to be constant in this ever-changing world especially in the startup space is who i am and so in really meditating on that and thinking okay you know what i don't know what's going to happen with this round i don't know what's going to happen with this company but i do know who i am let's double down you know, most people, they raise money, they get out of Harlem. We went to Harlem. I, I, th- I don't think people really believed it until I also moved my ass to Harlem because I don't like the commute. I'm all about that walk. I'm all about around the corner walk. And so we move the company uptown. I move uptown and we immerse ourselves, you know, and uh, it was the best decision I made, not just because, again, it reminds us, you know, it's such a diverse community. We're talking about, you know, building products for people of diverse experiences around the world. And the beauty of Harlem is that, you know, you'll meet seven different types of people on the way from the subway to the office, and they're living their lives in seven different types of ways. You know, like from your rabbi on 96th to your barber on 125th, these are experiences that count. These are voices that are meaningful. And so honestly, for, for us as a team, it's like, how can we give back as much as we're getting? You know, how do we make sure that in being here, we're promoting urban renewal and not gentrification? And so we've done things like, uh, you know, we created a 501c3 called the Harlem Tech Fund, uh, which is entirely designed to figure out how can we help the legacy members of Harlem be a part of the tech conversation, the entrepreneurial and innovation conversation. Tell me about what you think the obligation of business owners are today, because you've talked pretty eloquently Uh, about the onus that businesses have. I don't know if there's an obligation. I don't know if I think that anyone has an obligation just because they run a business. I just know that I won't get up in the morning if it's just about profit. I want to make sure that on my last day, whatever day that might be, and maybe this is just more prime for me again because of my struggles. Because, you know, I remember a year when my aunt, my uncle, and my grandfather died just like that, you know, Um, because I have a younger sister who died. Um, You start to realize that there's this life and then there isn't. Because I feel blessed, despite you know the hardships we may have had as a family, growing up, you know, uh, in Poughkeepsie, and you know, making sure we'd have enough money to be able to put ourselves through school and all these different things. My parents always made sure I had what I needed, and I think I feel like I've had a great life. I've often felt like, to be honest, that like uh, I almost I used to think that God gave me too much and that he did it by mistake and that the only way for him not to notice is if I just was super productive for everything. You know, it's like, keep him busy. Keep him busy. Oh, don't look at me over here. You know, let me just invent this socket. No, yeah, don't worry about it. Go look at LeBron. He's too tall. Don't worry. You know? Um, And so when you are appreciative and grateful for what you have and the life you have, um, you, you want to give back. You want to make the most out of it. And you want to make sure that on your last day you don't have regrets because... That to me is the only solution, you know, to death is accepting it. Um, And so being 100% just focused on profit, in the end, if you have to look in the mirror, you know, you have to be with just yourself when you close your eyes at night. If if that completes you, dope. Dope, you know? Yeah, that's what I love about what's happening in business and the changes that are coming now. And I think in, in many ways, you're really an amazing example of that, of somebody who refused to be anybody but themselves. And I think the quote you gave about not moving to Silicon Valley was, I would have to change who I was in order to survive in Silicon Valley. And I'm yes. not prepared to do that. I love that. And then, you know, looking at sort of the business realities of what it means for you specifically to be encountering a very diverse population that you can do that um, in Harlem. That's really, really smart to, to look at it. But you don't come at being yourself from an obstinate standpoint. And you've already pivoted the company. And, yeah. um, you know, moving from the socket sort of as a primary vehicle yeah. to your more technology 
Um, and walk us through that insight. Walk us through, because here's what I think people need to really understand and what I think is really powerful about you is being able to hold these two ideas in your head. I'm going to be me and I'm going to listen to the marketplace, uh. right? And the ability to do both is, I think, incredibly liberating. And I think for young entrepreneurs especially to hear that message of, yes, be you. Yes, you need to know who you are. But you're going to run a business. You have to listen to the market. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world like Shopify. For whatever and wherever you want to sell, from launching to going international, Shopify is the global commerce platform that will help you grow at every stage of your business. Shopify is your all-in-one platform to quickly and efficiently take your business to the next level. Now, I love everything about Shopify because it makes it so easy for you to start, run, and grow your business. It didn't used to be this easy. I'm telling you back in the day, it was a lot harder. I'm so jealous. Shopify powers more than 10% of all US e-commerce because businesses that want to grow quickly and efficiently choose Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash impact, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash impact now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash impact. If getting your hands dirty and taking good care of your car or cars is a passion of yours, then eBay Motors is here for the ride because I'm sure you remember when you first saw the potential in that beauty. And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly with eBay Motors. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I mean, I think that the parallels are actually very similar. Um, you know, let's say a startup is like a, you know, a, I don't know, a young like celebrity actor, something like that. Like that's how I used to think of the socket. It's just like super flashy, super amazing. But like, are we developing the right way as a business? Are we actually asking the right questions of ourselves to make sure we have the longevity so that we're still getting roles when we're, you know, 36? <laughs> uh, you know, like, um, you know, and I think for me, so when I say, you know, I know who I am, I guess the, the unsaid portion though is like, and then for the things I don't know, about myself, I'm open to finding out. Right. And so I think the idea is to think about our lives as a constant research experiment. <laughs> um, you know, who I thought I was and what I thought I wanted um, when I was 19 is, is to a certain extent similar, you know, now, but there's also a lot of a lot of difference in the nuances and the details of the execution. And I think what it is is that, like, we... We all have a core that like is our soul, that is our kind of ethos that we're born with, that's, that's our ethical nature that we get from our families and our friends and like our, where we grew up that, you know, ideally and hopefully it's good. Um, and I think that nugget, that's always unchanging and you have to figure out who that is, what, you know, what that is inside of you as soon as possible. And I've always been a very reflective person. I've always been someone who... Well, ask myself, you know, every six weeks or so, am I happy? Just and it's a really simple sure. thing. It's just like it's it's either the answers are either yes, um, or no. And I mean that's you know what I mean. <laughs> and if it's a no, it's like okay, well, am I doing things that while right now maybe I'm not like blissfully happy, are working towards something that I know will make me happy? Mm. You know what I mean? Like, and am I generally happy with the idea of the trade offs? that I'm making right now or that I have to deal with, you know, does that make me happy? Um, and if that's a yes, it's like, okay, cool. But if it's still a no, it's like, oh, stop everything. Nope, this doesn't make sense. Um, and so I've always been the kind of person who would check in again, because I feel like- Do you have a system for that? Like where you literally just say every morning I'm going to ask myself this or- No, I mean, I think there are two systems I really have. Uh, 
One is that I like to make a to-do list almost every single day, except for weekends when I just feel like doing nothing. Yeah. Um, you need everyone needs rest. But uh, ever since I was 19, and uh, you know, I made the mistake freshman year of college of going in and having no goals. Freshman year, you know, I actually did horrible in class uh, because I didn't know my goals of what I wanted to achieve academically. Um, I let my body fall apart. I just I let my I lost myself. And because of that, I realized that I'm the kind of person who needs to work to know herself um, and consistently keep track of who she is so and what powerful. she needs. Um, and so, and okay, also like the high level is like when they tell you, hey, so we're going to need you to leave school because like, you know, your grades are bad. Wow. And then like your Nigerian parents are like, so we're going to need you to leave our home. No, they didn't do that. <laughs> they didn't do that. But they were just kind of like, it was more like just the look, right. the silent look of disappointment it's the worst. Any Nigerian kid will tell you, like, I'd rather get arrested than have right. my mom's disappointing <laughs> look. Um, but so with that, you come back, you're like, okay, I need a solution. Um, and so I started doing two simple things. One was the check-in, which I do just, it's more like you can sense, if you take some time to be quiet, mm. you can sense when you're not in equilibrium. And then that's when you ask. That's it. Like, you should just running, 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 running without taking a it's time to just figure your know where you are. I mean, then there's probably going to be other symptoms when you're just overeating or overdoing this or not sleeping. Like you'll people will be able to tell you, yeah, you don't look balanced if you asked, if you ask them. So like that's the time to ask yourself. And then the second thing is a list. And the key thing about that list is that it's always more than what I could ever reasonably accomplish in that day because I like to push myself. You always end up accomplishing still more than what you think. And I, I like to never feel satisfied with myself. And I've been doing those two things for 10 years, and that's why I'm here. I love that. Yeah, staying unsatisfied is something that I think a lot of people don't, they don't know how to balance that. Because if they think if they're unsatisfied, that they'll be unhappy with themselves, that it's somehow corrosive. But really, I find that at virtually everything I've accomplished in my life is because I'm always unsatisfied. And that whenever I set a goal, by the time I get to that goal, I've already set another yes. goal this farther away. And I am constantly moving the goalpost myself. Yes. Because that keeps me going. It keeps me hungry. It keeps me pushing. Because like you, right, it's not about the money, mm -hmm. right? And the one promise I can make anybody, you're going to feel exactly the way you feel today about yourself. You will feel, if you, even if you earned a billion dollars, yeah. right? You'll feel, whatever insecurities you have, all that, like money can't touch that yeah, shit, it's like, right? It's like a black hole that you're filling with the wrong... Things. I mean, and again, I try not to be too prescriptive in what people, you know, I can only speak for myself and, and what I understand in my limited number of years on this planet about life. But I don't think there's anyone who said on their deathbed, so glad I made that billion dollars. Like, whatever. I don't think that's the thing. Can I, I'm going to push you on that a little bit. And the reason is I, I think a lot about this because we've chosen not to have kids. So I often run the scenario of, okay, when I'm on my deathbed, everybody tells me I'm going to be thinking about the people in my life and all of that. So I'm going to have that moment where for sure I'm going to be, some part of me will wish that I had had kids. Like I can already put myself in that position and I can get it. But I don't want to live for that moment, right? So we all have phases, cycles, and things that we go through. Like right now, I will tell you, this company would not exist. This impact theory is the deepest reflection of what I want to do in the world. And it is only possible at this level because I made money. And if yes. I hadn't made money, so I am literally thinking, thank God I made that money because now I'm able to do what I like. My whole life has been building towards this moment. My whole life is about the reason that I mentioned Riri Williams in the beginning is I believe that there's a, we are going to usher in a movement where people really understand pop mythology and understand how to become you because of it. That there is some girl right now because of how we're gonna bring things in and fuel that kind of mythology and all the stuff that we're gonna wrap around it that a young girl who did not believe that she could become you is going to become you because she read a comic book that really espoused the kind of philosophy that you've cobbled together over the years to become that. But nobody's handed it to them before yeah. and said, this is real. Like, don't read this like a comic book. Read it like it's real. But to bring it back, so all of that is only possible because I made the money. So I think there's something more interesting, I think, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's something that's more interesting that's driving you. There's something more interesting that keeps you on the sort of compass of, of who you are and who you're becoming. And I want to talk about your concept of thinking outside the boundaries, yeah. right? So how did you not let people define you? Because you literally, yeah. there are so many boxes people are trying to cram you in, but you're a real human. Like how have you oh, gosh. shucked all that off? I mean, so it's interesting, right? Like, so 
to your first point about you know, needing resources to accomplish what you want to accomplish. I think that that definitely makes sense. I think it goes to the idea of like saying like sometimes there are, you're doing things that are hard and exhausting and not fun and aren't in the moment making you happy, but you're fine with it because you know why you're doing it and that's fulfilling. And, um, I think for me, like when I think about everything I've been through with Uncharted Play and all the work that's still ahead, because I know that if I am not I like to call it snatching economic edges. So like when you snatch someone's edges, it's like with the precision, you're able to snatch like an edge and just like, it's, it's a black thing, but it's just like, <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's just like, oop, gotcha. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I want to like, you know, there are some people in this world right now that I'm just like, I want to snatch your edges. You know what I mean? Oh, you want to like, especially in our government right now. Oh, I just want to, but I'm like, oh, but the way to do that to me, the way I believe I am most suited to do that is economically. Like to me, it's like, you know what? Like I'm not forced. I don't, I can't march. I can march, but I can't march forever. Like it would be like, I can't like, I, I'm not that artistic with the signs. Like my signs would be a little lame, but what I can do is very quietly figure out how to control the energy systems, yeah. you know, in the world and like, and be able to powerful. figure something out. But, and the idea there though, is that like, I don't think I'd want to just do that because it's like, Oh great. Now I'm powerful. Now, right. I don't know. Now whoever will like me, it's more just like, no, like I cannot let the next generation come into a world where you are the paradigm. I cannot. I, it just there's something in me, and I think, okay, so like, why have I have I been able to just stay in who I am and not be trapped? And it's true. I I always kind of bring things back to my parents. Um, you know, they're what they knew for sure was that education to them, education was the way out. You know. Um, and that's why I believe that Nigerians collect degrees. Like, we just collect them. And it was my older sister who was the one that said, yeah, I'm not going to take classes over the summer. I'm going to do an internship. Mm. They were like, internship? And she's like, internship. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't know where she got the balls to do that, but I didn't have to fight for that. Like, I didn't have to, like, come up with some magical way to convince them that, like, it's not just education. You need experience. You need to understand X, Y, and Z. And so I came into it with this, like with this great opportunity. And that's the reason why I always think it's important for even people who can say, listen, you know, I, I run a company out of an inner city or, uh, you know, I'm a woman or, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a black person. I'm daughter of immigrants, but I still had the privilege of this. Like no one is anywhere without somebody helping them. Um, and we just, we're too quick to tell our stories without including those people in it. And, and I, I think I'm, I'm lucky because there are a lot of people who have paved the way who have come before me, who had to learn things and teach them to me with a quickness. Mm. Um, and so I think in a weird way, I was able to stay who I am by being open to learning about who I am from those who had been working to figure out themselves as well. And I, I think it, it takes a certain sense of humility to be willing to, to listen to those people. But also I think it, it takes a certain, tense of, uh, a certain sense of like... Um, logic, I guess, and just like dynamic thinking to realize that what they're telling you is simply part of your full concept of yourself, not the all, you know, not the total of it. And that's one thing I think I do pride myself um, in being able to do well. I'm, I can hear the, I, the advice of a lot of different people and say, okay, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This is what I want to do. Mm. Um, and I'll stand by it. I will never blame someone for my decisions. I, I just, no, it's my life. I love that. I love that. In fact, I got to shake your hand. Oh. I love that. That's powerful beyond measure, and most people get tripped up. And um, yeah, so that's being able to take ownership for your mistakes, especially, and, and right. say, you know, look, this is my choice. I made it. Um, it keeps you in the driver's seat, which is why I'm so obsessed with it. So you have this concept called thinking out of bounds. How do you teach people how to do that? Yeah, so uh, thinking out of bounds came from this idea. When, I, when people would ask me, like, you know, back when we first started out um, creating energy generating sports products, right? So now we're creating infrastructure level energy systems that can harness power from motion, right? So it's like from everything from floor panels to furniture to power lighting systems and Wi-Fi. But where we started was just with a soccer ball, uh, you know, being Nigerian, pulling from the experiences I had in Nigeria with my cousins, and a lot of people asked me when it first came out, how, how do you think out of, out of box? Like, how did you get this idea? How did you make this thing happen? Uh, and it was funny because I would say, well, 
I didn't even know what the parameters of the box were. Like, I didn't know this was a box. Like, I am not a trained engineer. Um, you know, and the unfortunate thing, I think, sometimes about the way engineering is taught is that you're, you're, you're kind of pushed to... You're kind, of, you're kind of pushed to scare yourself away from the bounds of what might be impossible. Mm. Um, you're, you are afraid. You are taught to be afraid to be wrong. That I know. Um, and so you will do everything you can to make sure you're right, which is awesome. And you see this amazing work ethic and this ma- amazing precision in the way you know, engineers will build things. But God forbid they say something that's wrong. And I'm happy to be wrong. <laughs> I'll say something like, blah. I'll be like, sky's green. No, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Good to know. I thought it was green. Moving on. But just in case it is green, hey, the sky is green today. Like, look at that. Look who said the sky is green, you know? So, but that, that ability, that freedom to just kind of fluidly be comfortable with your thoughts, whether they're right or wrong, because, you know, as long as you're coming from a place of logic, Can hey, you teach up? people yeah. that? Can you give them the confidence to um, not be afraid we, of being wrong? You know, we're trying to. So we have this really cool curriculum called Think Out of Bounds, mm. um, and it's it's actually something we distribute when we're distributing our soccer balls and our jump ropes. Um, and it's designed to teach people how to invent with limited resources. And so the idea is how can you build someone's creative confidence? You know, because ultimately, thinking out of bounds, it's about creatively working outside of the realm of what is known, out of the realm of what's proven, out of the realm of what you believe to be right. Um, and considering things like that in a very flexible way, I, we... It, the hard, the older someone is, usually the harder it is. Like, you know, because you, they're more dogmatic. They're more, they're, yeah, they're more just kind of like, well, listen, my my life experiences have told me X, you right. know. Um, but actually, actually, I, let me rephrase that because it's usually not their life experiences; it's usually what they've read. Mm. So I'll go to like an electrical engineer and I'll say, I know that like you know a diode needs to be here, but you know, entertain me here. What if we don't put one in? They're like, well, you know, you'll see them like, <laughs> like it's impossible. Like you know what I mean? I'm just like, but is it? Have you ever tried it? You know, you know, let's see. Like, and I'll say these things that you can tell. They're just like, is this, she's crazy. My CEO's fucking crazy. And I'm just like, yeah, well, you know, you took the job. You should have known what you're getting into. <laughs> um, um, but like, then I'll, you'll, you'll start to push them and like, you'll see. And I'm like, listen, if you can take the knowledge you have and then be willing just to kind of play a little bit, you know, outside of the bounds. Like you just have, the key is kind of step question, by step though. Because I have experienced this so many times. I am so with you. How do you approach it? And when it's you on that end and somebody comes to you with a crazy idea, what do you do mentally, internally to be open to that? Or are you open to that? So I think the first thing I try to do is just the thing I was mentioning earlier, where like instead of kind of like what I've been told to be true or what I've read to be true, I first say, okay, well, do I have any personal experiences that I'm just like almost in my gut? It's almost like you have to fight the intangible with the intangible. In my gut, here's why I just like don't believe that makes any sense. Mm. Um, and then, like, you know, we have a really interesting kind of, I don't want to call it a pastime, but I guess for the sake of not having another word, a pastime in my company where I'm always saying, listen, conflict, fight back. Mm. I'm saying this, put together your thoughts logically and come back at me. Like, I want you to convince me that I'm wrong. Like, find the holes in my yeah. argument, find the gap in my thinking, um, and we'll go. I like to go toe-to-toe. Um, but I think for me... What I personally do, like in general, to be open to these things is like, this is going to sound really weird. I'm very wary of knowing too much about any one thing. That is really Like, I'm really, so like, I, I will know enough so that I can execute if I have mm. to, so that I can manage someone in that space, so I can advise that per- person in that space. But I am very wary of becoming so obsessed about one specific thing that, Why? because when you know too much, it's mm. hard to, conf- it's hard to distinguish between your personal feelings about something and what you've read. You will take what you've learned and it will absorb you and become your way of thinking. It will overly encompass your way of thinking and there'll be no space for that weird, you know, could the sky be green question because your mind is full of the facts. So I, I try to leave enough space where... I could just fill it with nonsense, you know, and that nonsense is inspiring to me. Um, and that, that's hard. Again, engineers, they have to take so many classes. They have to do so many hours of studying. So they end up pushing. They barely have enough space for that information, to say the least, for, to have 10% space for nonsense. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it can be hard. But when you start at a younger age with someone, um, they start, they, they, they're able to figure out how to always leave room for that. And it goes back to the story about the tooth fairy. My parents left a little space for the story about the tooth fairy. Right. And so 
I'm able to learn a lot about a lot of things and still be like, but also the tooth fairy can exist. <laughs> like that, that, I feel so lucky that I, um, I have that experience. God, I really hope people are listening to you right now because there's this really cool concept that you're putting wonderful words around, which is an expert is somebody who can tell you exactly how things can't be done. And yeah. I have that same fear that you have of becoming that expert, of thinking I know so much that I don't stay open. One of the questions that I wrote down for you um, that we're already talking about, but like how your company is so innovative and how you, you keep, I mean, Jesus, it speaks for itself, but how you keep an open mind, how you train your staff to keep an open mind. And I love that it's something as playful as the tooth fairy. And, and look, I get it. You, you've really you know, brought it back down to earth which, with what's actually going on, which is leaving yourself open and the wonderment of not knowing. And it's just, but it's been formalized. People will be afraid. Like uncertainty is scary. New information is scary. Change is scary. Um, and everyone has a different way of handling that, you know. Everyone has. How do you manage way. change? Like your company's been through yeah, some pretty no, radical. Yeah, no, we do. Yeah, change. in the company, I will pivot when necessary. I'm like, oh no, uh, dead end. Woo! Right, you know, do what you got to do. And yeah. I will. I I can take new information and adjust the plan immediately and have no qualms about it and just move, move, move. And the way to balance that is that outside of work, I really like things to be stable. Mm. You know, I like to date nice guys. I'm not, I've never been attracted to the bad boy. Why in the hell do I want to be with a bad boy? <laughs> what, why? It's like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to call you. Bye. But like, like, I want the dude who's like, here's some flowers. Thank you, honey. You know, like, let's go to the movies. No problem. Are we too boring? No, we are not too boring. This is wonderful. This is everything. You know, like, I, I like stability in those ways. Like, uh, that's, um, everyone has their thing, and, and that's what helps me. Because, yeah, you do need to have a balance. You do need to have something that you can count on. You need to have that that pull that you can go back to when everything looks crazy that you can reach out to, to hold on to. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how it works for me. And if I didn't have that, I think I'd be much more afraid of chaos mm. at work. All right. Well, for somebody who likes uh, stability outside of work, why do you box? Oh, Oh, okay. Well, that's <laughs> okay. So, I mean, so there's like the, so there's, there's like the feminist answer and then there's the nerdy answer and they're both true. All right, let's hear them both. Um, so from the feminist answer, like I like to be strong. Respect. I like to be strong. I like to, I believe in mental strength, spiritual strength and physical strength. I think a lot of women don't lift weights and I don't know why because it lifts your ass, which is awesome. <laughs> okay, like do, do your squats, do your squats, do your squats. <laughs> right to the camera, I love it. Um, you know, like, and it's just like, it's dope. You know, you live in the city, you got to carry your groceries before all the delivery things. You got to carry your groceries to your home. That alone made you want to get into the gym. And it's like, what weight? What weight is um, seven bags from uh, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, you want to make sure you can carry that. Like, um, and so I like to be functional. Like, I like to have functional Mm. strength. Like, it's, it's kind of fun to think about also, you know, when you're in a world where bad things happen to women, um, to know that it's like, all right, well, like, you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but like, you know, I want to look like I want, if a, if a, if a, if a predator is walking by, I want him to be like, I don't know if I'm going to win this fight and just walk by. (laughs) I want him to look at me and be like, you know, this is a toss up and just keep walking. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, so that I think is fun. Um, from the, from the nerdy side of it though, um, there was something, you know, I, the idea of being like a ninja or like a superhero oh, yes, my friend. always just seemed really cool. Like you would watch these movies, you know, and just see people do like these dope things. And you're just like, that's cool. Like, that's exciting. Um, and uh, yeah, it's like, so learning a skill, like kind of felt fun. I like developing skills like that. that really, you know, um, expand my mind and expand the way I can use my body, and I had never done this before. My mom would have never let me. I think that the third, the third thing for me too is that I realized that boxing is actually a really great analogy for business. Mm. Um, mm. Like uh, boxing is inherently reactive and active, and you have to have your strategy, but constantly be realizing that your strategy will change in the manner of a second. 
Because once you've done one thing, they're now, they've now adjusted and are about to make everything that you've wanted to do. It's almost like chess in a weird way. Um, where the pieces Where the pieces the are face. the punches, yeah. which I think is better because like running a startup is, is painful. Right. It's painful when you're sleeping on the floor and you're, you know, it's not chess, it's boxing, right? Um, and so for me, when I think about where we're going into business now, playing in very dynamic industries, very scary, big industries, I can't just have my plan, be like, here's my plan for 2017. It's like, here's my strategy for 2017, um, and I am prepared to do what it takes to stay alive. Like, I, what I tell my investors is like, all you need to know is that I will be standing at the end of this match. Right. That's it. And like, if I have to all of a sudden, you know, do an uppercut that I've never done, or like switch to Southpaw out of nowhere, hey, I'll do what I have to do, because I'm gonna win this fight. In the end, say whatever you wanna say about someone's fighting style, if they won, they won. You know what I mean? And like, and that's what I love about boxing. It's like, it's not only that it requires you to think on your feet and, and, and also be very, very light on your feet, very delicate. Like if you plant your feet and they come around you, like it's, it's, it's just like, if you plant yourself and your ideas about your business, you will lose. Um, when you do make that mistake, you feel the pain. You don't just think about the pain, you feel it. Um, and so, yeah, it's cool. It's awesome. It's, cool. it's a great it's answer. Cool. <laughs> All right, I have one more question, but before that, where can these guys find you online? Sure. So you can go to u-play.co, u-play.co, um, and you'll see all the stuff that we've been doing uh, with what we like to call our legacy products. So like how we're actually working to uplift one million kids around the world over the next four years by using mm. our Think Out of Bounds curriculum and our socket ball and our energy generating jump rope, the pulse to inspire 1 million students from income poor um, communities to realize that they are the future. They're going to be the next Einstein and backing those ideas. If you go to u-more.co, um, that's M-O-R-E.co, you'll learn about the core technology that's inside of the soccer ball and the jump rope and that we're using to bring power to communities across Africa and soon all around the world from everything from flooring to furniture. So that's the two big ones. Um, if you want to find me and just kind of like follow my random life on Instagram, you can find me at Jessomat, or Jessomat, J-E-S-S-O-M-A-T-T. Uh, and I think, that, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter. I do random stuff on Facebook sometimes. <laughs> Google me that way. But yeah, no, I mean, we... We try to keep it real. Or you could just come to Harlem. You'll probably see us walking around. I'm always walking around. You know. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just we're, come to Harlem. That is the best. Come, come to Harlem. Harlem's not that big. You know. Just be like, hey, where's that energy company at? You know. What? And then be like, oh, over there. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last question. What's the impact that you want to have on the world? Um. For me, the impact I want to have on the world. I know I, you know, for me, when I all started this whole thing and um, what really kind of originally drove me was really about self-actualization and creating systems and products that streamline the way people could self-actualize in their lives, you know, kind of making the journey as valuable as the end, end result. Um, and that's something that's still really huge for me. Like, how can we make sure people have just, like, really happy, fulfilling lives. But I think more specifically now, given a lot of the things that have happened in this world over the last few years, or rather, rather a lot of the things that have been brought to light, they might have always been happening. Um, you know, I, I hate feeling... It's, there are some things, no matter how much you believe in yourself, that just suck, especially when you're a black woman. They just really... like. There's like, for example, it sucks feeling like no matter who you hire, you know, because you're a young black woman, they're going to ask you things that they would never ask an older white guy for. There's, there's no respect. I feel like Rodney Dangerfield. I can't get no respect. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, hey, that's an 80. I'm born in 88. I can still make that reference. I was going to say, that's yeah, impressive. You know? <laughs> um, but uh, it's... And, and then when you think, okay, well, let me hire people then who look like me. We as black women, we as women are not awesome to each other. I mean, girl, Hillary knows. <laughs> <laughs> Hillary knows. People just, I, hey, you know, but like, I mean, black women came to vote for you, though. We came out. We came out. <laughs> um, and it's, 
it sucks. It's hard. And it's one of those things where it's like we live in, in a world that's so complicated that it's not enough to just say, oh, well, one of us succeeded or there's one example. Like it's going to take so many different things happening to really shift the way we not only learn how to love each other, but learn how to love ourselves. You know what I mean? Like as women, as women of color, as black women. Um, and I, I want to make a significant step forward in that direction. Like I want my daughter to enter a world where there, she doesn't even have to explain, oh, well, I know I'm different, but here's my competitive advantage. Like, if there's a pattern matching that people are looking for in, in, in the tech space, they're, they're looking for either a Mark Zuckerberg or a Jessica Matthews. Mm. So then she can just come out and be like, yep, duh, obviously. You know what I mean? Like, that, that would be awesome. Like, I want it to be that, like, when I'm flying through, what, if, I'm, if I'm flying first class, people aren't, like, assuming I'm Venus or Serena. Mm. That's it. It's just like, oh, like, literally, they'll be like, I, came, I thought you were Venus, but I now know you're not. So what is it that you do? And it's like, and when you tell them the energy comes, they're just like, oh, you know what I mean? And it's like, I want this to be like, ah, mm, indeed, like Jessica Matthews, of course, right. of course. Okay, there's more than we can do. Than that. You know, I just, I want to expand the way we think about black women. And I mean, that's all I, you know, and what we think young women can do, what we think people on the East Coast can do. Um, because it, it sucks. It's exhausting. And it, it adds this unsaid level of weight, you know, unspoken level of weight on my shoulders and the shoulders of a lot of my peers that it does slow us down. Mm-hmm. And it is exhausting and it is heavy. Um, and no matter how many weights I lift to make sure I can carry that in addition to my bags, you know, from the grocery store... I I still prefer not to. So if I can make a a step forward in that, if I can really, just again, building on what's already been done from the people ahead of me to to do that, that would be so dope. It would just be the the dopest. (laughs) Honestly. Jessica, thank you so much for coming on. That was incredible. Guys, this this woman is going to take you places that you can't even imagine. You're going to want to look her up in the places that she told you about. She is doing something on an infrastructure level that I want you guys to really understand. This is not somebody that dove into the obvious business. This is somebody who looked at the world and said, I can do the infrastructure better. The things that are invisible, those are the things that I can and will do better. And to have that gumption at her age is is miraculous. To have it at any age is spectacular, but to be able to do it so young and to have defied so many definitions that the world has tried to put on her and to see her shuck that off, I think she's going to be taking steps to expand a lot more worlds than maybe she's even aiming at right now because that is the incredible power that I see in her and her willingness to center herself in who she is and not only who she is today, but who she wants to become and to let her companies reflect that, to be as nimble as she is, to be able to go into the center of Harlem and say, we're going to build the first billion dollar tech company here is absolutely incredible. I hope to one day be as brave as this woman. It has been an absolute honor to have her on the show. Guys, as you know, it is a weekly show, so if you have not yet already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Hey everybody, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of Impact Theory. If this content is adding value to your life, our one ask is that you go to iTunes and Stitcher and rate and review. Not only does that help us build this community, which at the end of the day is all we care about, but it also helps us get even more amazing guests on here to share their knowledge with all of us. Thank you guys so much for being a part of this community. And until next time, be legendary, my friends. Thank you.